0: We're in week number six, actually. Everybody say six. That's a, that's a lot. Usually we only go for th- three or four weeks of a series, but we're in actually week number six of a series we call One Another to where we are looking at several of the One Another commandments that are in the Bible, specifically the New Testament. And really, we could go on and on and on for quite some time. We're at least going to go one more week after this week, just because these are practical commandments that we need to implement into our lives. These are, these are uh, commandments and teachings that God has given us through the writings of, of Paul and, and Peter and some other disciples or other apostles. Who's, he's given them to us so that we can know how to live, so that we can know how to relate to other people. I've told you this two or three times in this series that getting along with people and dealing with people may just be the, the most difficult thing that you face in life. Because people can be tough to get along with. So we've been looking at some of these one another commandments. Today we're going to be in Galatians chapter number 5. If you want to go ahead and turn there. Galatians chapter number 5. We're going to read verse number 13. And I think you will realize pretty quickly what this morning's topic is. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. The Apostle Paul is writing here to the church of Galatia. And he says this, he says, you have been called to live in freedom. Now he's writing to the church, so he's writing to Christians. He's writing to us. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature or don't use your freedom to please your your flesh, to to satisfy what you want. Instead, use your freedom to do what? To serve God one another in love. Today I want to talk to you for a little while about the topic of serving. Everybody say serving. That we as Christians have been called to serve. To serve one another. Now I'm going to jump right in this morning because there's quite a bit of material that I want to cover uh, at the end, I want to get to uh, kind of summarize why we are called to serve, and then I want to give you uh, three um, uh, three ways that we are to serve. But I want to just start this morning and jump in and giving you three points to write down. So here's point number one: You have been saved to serve. Now I'm speaking to Christians this morning, and if you're not a Christ follower yet, our goal and And uh, the message behind what we do is to call everyone into a Christ-filled life. That's what God wants for you, to be in relationship with Him so that you can have eternal life and spend eternity with Him. But this this message of of loving one another, accepting one another, being kind to one another, uh, greeting one another, being members one of another, uh, they're all written to us as believers as to how we relate to others. And we have been saved to serve. As Christ followers, we have been saved to serve. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you've been born again, if you are a child of God, then you have been saved to serve. Yes, your sins have been forgiven. Yes, the penalty uh, of, of sin, which is death, has been paid for you. Yes, you are on your way to heaven if you're a child of God. Yes, one day you are going to experience being in the presence of Jesus forever and ever. But for right now, while you are on this earth, you have been saved to serve. You know, I think a lot of Christians have this belief That now that they're saved, now that they've given their life to Jesus, that their role is to simply hold on to their faith and look forward to the coming of the Lord. And we should. Those are two things that we should do. Hold tightly to the faith and to look forward to the coming of the Lord, that one day He is coming. We all believe that. We know He's coming back. We should be looking forward to that. But, but even though we are called to, 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 uh, to hold on to our faith and to look forward to the Lord's coming, there is still work that needs to be done right now. In a matter of fact, Jesus said, Occupy until I come. We are to be busy about the Father's business. We are to be stirring and doing the works that Christ has called us to do. We are to be serving. Look in the book of Philippians chapter number 1, uh, verse 20 through 25. This is Once again, this is the Apostle Paul here. And uh, he's writing to the church of Philippi and he says this. He says, I, f- I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust, watch this, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. I just want to pause right there for just a moment. This should be a daily um, goal of ours, is that every day that our lives would bring honor to Christ. That that's what a Christ. That's what a Christian is. A Christ follower. We are living to honor the Lord, and every day my goal is to honor Christ. When I'm in the drive-through and they're slow, when someone pulls out in front of me and slows me down, when I'm at Walmart, wherever that I am, my goal, my role should always be to live a life that honors Christ. Amen. That's free. That's really I'm not going to charge you for that this morning. That's that's completely free. Um, He says, I want to have a life that brings honor to Christ whether I live or whether I die. Verse 21. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, watch this, if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive. Why am I going to be, uh, remain alive? So that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Did, did you catch anything in that at all? Anything stick out to you? Paul is saying, he says, man, I, uh, for me, to live means to live for Christ. That's what living is. It's not about me. It's all about Christ. And he says, I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, I'm still here and I'm alive so that I can help you experience Christ, so that I can help you come to know Him, so that I can help you grow. Now think about that for just a second. And put yourself in, in, in this ride and You could say, man, for me, for me, for me personally, it would be far better for me if I could just go and be in the presence of the Lord right now. But God has me here for a reason. I'm still alive for a reason to help people find Jesus to help spread the love of of Christ, to draw people into a Christ-filled life, to serve other people, and to help them experience the joy of knowing Jesus. Pastor Brad, to help them find freedom. There are so many people that are hurting and broken in in our world. Sure, I'm saved and on my way to heaven, but there are people who are lost, there are people who are hurting, and my role and my responsibility is to help draw them into Christ. That's what he's saying. He's taken the, the selfish thing out of it. So, well, for me, it'd be better if I'd just go be with Jesus. But I'm alive right now so that I can help other people come to know Him. In refuge terminology, he's saying my purpose is to bring people into a Christ-filled life. That's the vision of our church. We want to bring people into a Christ-filled life. It's not about us. And, that, and that's, hard to, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? Life's not about me. It's about... Me, or me helping other people experience Jesus. It's all about Him. I live to bring God honor. As believers, we have the responsibility and the opportunity to show the love of Christ by serving others. I heard one pastor say it like this. This is, this is on the screen here. Save people, serve people, so that serve people can become saved. There, there are a lot of churches who've adopted... Um, uh, the, the first part of that saying there as, as one of their core values. You see it a lot. There are a couple of churches here in town that have that as one of their core values, that save people, serve people. As us, as born-again Christ followers, we have been saved so that we can serve people. Save people, serve people, so that the serve people can become saved. Now, this, this, this message this morning, I hope it's both inspiring and Convicting. Because there are a lot of times we make it all about us. Well, I don't like the music. I don't like the lights. I don't like the temperature at church. I don't don't like how the bathrooms are set up. I don't like the flavor of the coffee that they serve at at the guest service. You know what? It's it's not about you. We we should buy into the the concept that Christ has called us to serve so that other people can come to know Jesus and us jump in and begin to serve and help other people come to Christ because that's why we're still here. That's why we're still alive. To draw people to Christ. In our opening text, Paul said that you've been called to live in freedom. He's saying that that Christ has saved you. Now you've been drawn into this freedom. But don't use that freedom to satisfy your own desires. Don't use it to satisfy your flesh. Instead, use it to serve one another. There are are two people that you can serve. Yourself and someone other than yourself. Yourself. And he's saying, don't, don't use your freedom. Don't say, oh yeah, I'm a child. of God. oh, I'm on my way to heaven. That, that's great. We should celebrate that. But we've been saved to serve. To serve one another. Now, we're not saved by serving, but we are saved for serving. We are saved to serve. Point number two, write this down. Serving others is how you serve God. Serving others is how you serve God. God, a lot of times you're going to hear a Christian say, man, I've been serving the Lord for 25 years. Or I've been serving the Lord for, for 30 years. And, and really, what, what, they're, what they mean when they say that is that they've been a Christian for that long. I've been a Christian for 25 years. But, but when you get down to where the rubber meets the road, there are a lot of Christians today who aren't serving yeah, they may, have been, they may have been a Christian for that long, but they haven't been serving for that long. Because a lot of people have this misunderstanding of what it means to actually serve the Lord. We actually serve the Lord by serving others. There are people who aren't serving, Christians who aren't serving, yet they may have embraced Jesus as their Savior, but they're not obeying the commandment to serve one another. This kind of... Uh, brings to, to mind one of, the, one of the reasons why we're doing this series is so that we would understand that as Christians, we have a responsibility. We have been called to serve one another, to love one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another, comfort one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, embrace one another, submit to one another, serve one I, I'll just stop. But we've we got a lot of responsibility as Christians. In Matthew chapter number 25, Jesus told His disciples, when, when, you, when you feed the hungry, when you give water to, to those who are thirsty, when you give clothing to those who are naked, when you visit someone who is in prison, in verse 40 He says, when you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. In other words, when you, when you serve other people, you're serving the Lord. Once again, this is, this is why God saves us. Not just so that one day we can go and spend eternity with Him, but so that we can make the world a better place right now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I alluded to this a while ago. I want to read this. This is the Living Bible translation. It reads a little bit differently, but uh, watch this. Paul says, "...it is God Himself who has made us what we are and has given us new lives from Christ Jesus." And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives doing what? Helping others. Some translations say that he's called us and given us new lives so that we can do the good works that he's planned for us to do long ago. Okay? In other words, he's he saved us to to serve. And the way that we serve God is not by coming to to church every Sunday morning faithfully and sitting on on a chair for an hour and fifteen minutes. That's that's a start, but really, that's not not serving. We serve God by serving others. Jesus, through Paul, is saying there that I've called you so that you can use your life to help other people. That you'll use your life to serve other people. There's actually a word for this. It's called ministry. Ministry. And I know when when you hear the word ministry, you automatically think of something that Pastor Scott does. Well, that's, that's the role of the pastor. But actually, my role, according to Ephesians chapter number 4, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. I don't know if that's in your Bibles or not, but it's in mine. If it's not in your Bible, you need to, you need to get a new one. But, but ministry is for all of us. You're called, if, you're, if you're a child of God, you've been called to ministry. Amen. And that ministry is simply... It doesn't necessarily mean standing behind a a pulpit and declaring the Word of God. It's serving other people. That's what ministry is. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 is a perfect verse to use when it comes to serve because a lot of people say, well, I just want to follow Christ. Well, Christ was the perfect model for us as to what it looks like to serve other people. Jesus said this. He says, "...for even the Son of Man..." He's speaking about Himself... He says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to do what? To serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus is the perfect example that we are to serve others. Even Jesus Himself didn't come to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom. Jesus was the perfect role model for serving as a matter of fact write this down you are never more like Jesus than when you are serving that's what we've been called to do to serve others that's why we serve to be more like Jesus point number 3 write this down the local church is a great place to serve others the local church is a great place to serve others you've heard me say this you've heard other preachers say this i'm sure many, many times that the local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world, not the president. Just pause there. Not the president, not the government, not any political party. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or Independent. That is not the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. In a world that is lost, in a world that is dark, in a world that is broken, in a world that is hurting, Christ followers, which are you you and I, we have the opportunity to love people to life. To to love people to hope. To love people into joy and into, into peace. We have that opportunity as Christ followers to bring hope to the world. Because we have the message of hope. Which is Jesus Christ. Every Sunday... Every Sunday we are given the opportunity to practice putting our attention less on ourselves and more on others. I know it's going to be quiet. That's that's okay. It it is what it is. This is is a convicting message. I make no apologies for it's the Word of God. The Apostle Paul says, I am crucified in Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But I don't live to please myself. I live for Christ. This is, this is something we, we need to understand that every Sunday when we come to church, yeah, I mean, when you first get saved, it, it may be like, you know, I'm, I'm coming to church because I, I need more of God. And, and, and that's, that's true. We need to hear more of His Word of God. But there has to come a point to where we understand the purpose of our growth and our walk with Christ to where we, where we um, get, get out of the bleachers and get onto the field. And we begin to serve. And we begin to reciprocate what we've received through other people who are serving the Lord. And we begin to reciprocate what God is doing in our lives. And we're like, God, I love you so much. I, I want to help other people come to experience the same joy that I'm experiencing. God, I'm, I'm, so, just, I'm just so blown away by your presence, God, that I want to help other people come to experience your presence. Our culture... Is a mess. I I don't think it takes a very intelligent person to know that, but our our culture is a mess. It's broken. There's so much hurt that's in our world. There's so many families that are messed up. There's broken marriages. There are broken families. There's drug addiction. There's human trafficking. There's hatred. There's violence. And it seems to keep getting worse. And I know that it's easy to sit around and complain and complain and complain and think to yourself, well, there is nothing that I can do about it. I'm just one little individual. What difference can I make? I want to read you a story real quick. Many of you have probably heard this. It's, it's a story of, it's called the Starfish um, Parable. The story goes like this. A, a man was walking on the beach one day when he noticed a boy picking something up and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, the man asked, what are you doing? The boy replied, I'm throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up and the tide is going out. And if I don't do something, if I don't throw them back, they're going to die. Son, the man said, "You don't, don't you realize that there are miles and miles of beach and thousands upon thousands of starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening politely, the, the young boy bent over, picked up another starfish, and gently threw it back into the ocean. Then smiling, he looked up at the man and he said, I made a difference for that one. And I want you to think about that because this, this is a... a, a a simple reminder to us that, that when you look at the big picture and you think about how broken that culture is and how messed up our world is right now, we may be overwhelmed and you think that there's nothing that I can do to make a difference. But do you know what? You can make a difference to the one that you touch. To the two or three that you touch. You can make a difference. And when all of us get on board with that and we all start touching a few individuals, the next thing you know we're making a big impact. We have a role to play. And the local church gives us a great place to serve others. You see, when I say that the local church is the hope of the world, it's because the church is not a building. The church is us. The church is you. The church is me. People who love Jesus. People who want to make a difference. People who want to help others feel loved and valued and honored so that they are open to receiving the message of the gospel. I want to make a difference. In week number one, we learned that as believers, that we are members of one another. Hopefully you guys remember that. The Apostle Paul says that we're all members one of another as the body of Christ. And he gives this this, um, uh, metaphor of the body of Christ being compared to like the human body. That just as this body, there are many members. Many members. And they all do different things, but they all make up one body. And he's saying that's the way it is with the family of God. There are, different, there are different parts, there are different members, but we all come together to form one body, the body of Christ. And just as there is no such thing as a non-functioning member of your human body, So there ought to be no such thing as a non-functioning member of the body of Christ. If God has saved you from your sin, He has called you to serve Him in some way. In some some way according to the gifts and the talents and the passions that He has given you. And the local church provides a great opportunity for that to happen. Can we serve God outside of the church? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't, don't hear the wrong message to think that this is the only place to serve the Lord and serve others. But I'm telling you that this is a great place to serve others. Amen? So, so, so really the why behind these three points of, of why we serve is is really to be more like Jesus. That's, I mean, in summary, that's why it is. Because God has done so much for us that that Jesus came to save us and He came to serve us, to give His life, to make a difference. And what a difference that He's made. But but there's also the how that we are to save. And and, and whether you're currently serving right now or not, the goal behind this is that if you're not serving and you're a child of God, the goal behind this really is to, to motivate you, to inspire you, to say, man, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to help change the world. And, and if you're already serving, uh, these these next three points that I go over should give you a, a kind of a reminder of, of how it is that God wants you to serve and hopefully be a a, a spark and a, and a catalyst really to to maybe motivate you and inspire you to really serve with passion. Alright, so so three ways. If you're taking notes, write these down. Three ways that we are to serve. Number one, we are to serve with love. We are to serve with love. Our opening text, Galatians 5.13, the Apostle Paul says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In, In other words, Um, serving should be an overflow of your heart. What what God is doing inside of you and your love for God um, should cause you to have an overflow to want to serve others. Love has to be the motive. Remember in week number two where we learn uh, that we're to love one another. um, in, In 1 Corinthians uh, where is that? Anyway, it's in the Bible, <laughs> where, where, where the Apostle Paul says, "If if I do all of these things, but I don't do it with love, then I'm just a a, a sounding gong or or, or a clashing symbol. I'm just I'm just I'm just doing nothing. It's all in vain. Everything has to be done in love. If listen, if what you're doing right, if you're serving right now, just just hear hear me out. If you're currently serving in an area of ministry anywhere. If what you're doing is not being done in love, then really all you're doing is working. It's just a job to you. It's just labor. It's just time consumption. And and there's a big difference between working and serving. Working is simply doing a job or, or just laboring. But serving, rather, takes the responsibility that what you're doing matters. That what you're doing makes a difference and you want to make a difference. You genuinely care and what you do, you do in love. That's the difference between working and and serving. There are a lot of people who who are in the role of serving right now, but because maybe you've experienced burnout, maybe you haven't been reminded of the why in quite some time right now, really it's just routine, it's just a job to you. I just want to remind you this morning that when when we're serving the Lord, serving versus working, serving takes on the responsibility that what you're doing is making a difference. You're impacting lives for Jesus. And when you realize what you're doing is making a difference, it changes the way you approach. It changes how you prepare. It changes how you serve. Because you genuinely care for people. You genuinely want to help people experience Jesus. So you're serving with love. We are to serve with love. Secondly, we are to serve with enthusiasm. Now this ones it's going to get a little touchy. I I know because as I said, it's it's very easy to to just fall into a rut and there's no enthusiasm. You know, it's just, it is what it is. But we have been called to serve with enthusiasm. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now that is, that is an incentive for enthusiasm if I've ever seen one. What do you mean, Pastor Scott? That means that anything that I do, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to serving other people, I am working for the Lord. Yes, I may be serving at the Refuge Church. I may be serving under the leadership of Pastor Scott, but, but I, I am doing it for the Lord. I'm, is that not awesome to work for the... I mean, the, the God of the universe wants you to work for Him. I mean, this is better than working for Apple or Google or Amazon. We're, we're talking about... God wants us to work for Him. And, and when it comes to enthusiasm, listen to this, the quality of service that you give is greatly affected by the amount of excitement that you find in doing it. If, you're not, if you don't find excitement in doing what you're doing, there's not going to be a lot of quality that is put into your, to your serving. Because you're just, you're just not excited about it. There's not, not much passion there. And sometimes when it comes to serving, it's hard to have drive and it's hard to have passion. Especially if there's no excitement about what you're doing. Or is it, can anyone relate to what I'm talking about? I can relate to this. Sometimes it's hard. You just, well, I guess, you know, I'm on the schedule. I'll, I'll serve this week. On, I know I'm hitting home. I've just done pulled right up in your driveway and I've done parked in your garage. You, you, you realize, I mean, this is this is Truth. And it's hard to have drive and passion because you're just not excited and it can happen to anyone who serves. You go through burnout. And the reason you go through burnout is because you forget who you're working for and you forget that what you're doing actually makes a difference. And so through this Scripture here, the Apostle Paul is reminding us who it is that we're working for, that we're working for the Lord. And when you're working for the Lord, there should be an excitement. There should be a a, a drive and a passion because the one who's laid down his life for you has now called you to serve him. And so there's there's a hunger and a passion. God, because of all that you've done for me, I want to serve you. And I'm not just going to do it because someone's asked me to do it. God, I'm going to do it because I'm passionate about helping other people experience the God that I've been experiencing. It's it's kind of interesting. This word enthusiasm, I think, I think I have a slide for this, Jeremiah. It may be the next slide. Yeah, there it is. Enthusiasm actually actually comes from, from two Greek words, En and theos. And theos means God. And it, it actually at, at the at the root of this word, enthusiasm simply means to be full of God. That's I don't you've probably I hadn't never thought of that. But when you you begin to study this this word out, this is what it means to be full of God. And and this is is convicting. (laughs) It really is. Because when you find yourself not enthused about something, you, you you need to check yourself. You need to check your relationship with God. Because... What Paul is saying here is like when you're truly in a relationship with God, you're truly full of God and you're experiencing His presence, and God is having these one on one conversations with you, you're going to leave that that prayer room. You're going to leave that one on one talk with God, being motivated and inspired to go tell the world about Jesus. There will be an enthusiasm. So we are to serve with love and we are to serve with enthusiasm. And then last but certainly not least, we are to serve with excellence. Excellence. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The Apostle Paul says here, he says, whatever you do, whatever, just everybody say whatever. Whatever you do, work at it. Look at this. Work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Pa- Paul is saying here: always, 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 do your best. Why? Because you're working for the Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm just can, can we just put this in like just a practical application? I mean, let, let's say that let's say that that God came back to Earth. I'm not talking about the the second coming, right now. I'm just saying that. Let's say for whatever reason God decided to come back to Earth today in the form of Jesus, and he's he comes up to, to Pastor Jerry, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Let's say, let's say Jesus, the Son of God, says, Pastor Jerry, I need you to uh, I need you to, to to clean that white fence out there around the church. Okay. Now, how how much? How, how sincere are you going to take that if Jesus asks you to do that job? You're, you're not just going to kind of hit it a little bit with a water hose. I mean, He's going to be out there scrubbing that thing and, and making it as wide as it could possibly be. Why? Because Jesus is asking Him to do that. Are you all hearing me this morning? Is this too simplified? I'm just trying to prove a point here. Paul says to whatever you do, work at it with all of your might. Give your heart. Give your best. Why? Because you're working for the Lord. You're not working for humans. And I think, and, and man, I was, I was convicted when I was preparing this message because there have been times where I've done something in the name of serving, but I didn't give it my best. And I think that if I gave all of you the microphone, you could probably say that, yeah, that's true for you as well whether that was preparing for, to teach the kids on, on Sunday or, or getting ready to greet people or, or coming up to play an instrument where you just said, you know I, I really didn't, I didn't give my best this week. I didn't prepare. You know, I just kind of threw something together and kind of winged it. Can, y'all know what, what I'm talking about, right? Why, why do we do that? I think it's because we, we really forget who it is that we're working for the privilege that that comes with serving and why what we're doing matters. And the Apostle Paul is saying that whatever that you do, do it with excellence. No matter what area that you serve in, you must always do your best. God deserves your best. Mediocrity is a poor witness. Because people are watching. And when we don't serve with excellence, it communicates to others that we don't really value what we do. I know we don't think about that, but but other people see that. And when we don't serve with excellence, other people see. well, they must not really think too highly of what they do then. So if they don't think real highly of it, then why should I? I believe that the Scripture is challenging us here, all of us. And this, this should hit all of us this morning to always do your best, which really should be an ongoing result. And here's why. When it comes to your potential in Christ, the sky is the limit. And you should continuously be improving and getting better in your area of service. This is Now I know I get paid to do what I do, but I haven't always gotten paid to do what I'm doing today. I didn't start off by just getting uh, paid to to speak. I mean, I, I started off doing... Bus ministry on on Saturday mornings. Waking up at five thirty in the morning, go run bus routes and invite kids to. Uh, we had Super Church. We call it Super Church on Saturdays and various things. I don't even know if any of you are aware that there is a five thirty in the morning, especially on a Saturday morning. But it does exist, and it's it wasn't fun. It was it was tough, but. But when I was doing those things, I would do it. Yeah, there's some of that. I was doing it because I was asked to do it, but I was always trying to consider the why about it. Why are we doing this? Because there are kids that are in broken homes today who will never have an opportunity to hear about Jesus if we don't do something. I'm gonna. I, I'm just going to kind of personalize this a little bit. I don't know if I'm going to take touch on every ministry here at the church today, but, but but for example, in kids' ministry, I know that you may feel like that you're just... Fulfilling a duty because I serve in the toddler's every other week, or I serve with the in the nursery, or I'm just really babysitting. Think about it like this. You have you have about an hour and 15 minutes on, on any given Sunday to really impact that child's life in an eternal way. Yeah, yeah, their mom and dad already comes to church here, but you don't you don't know what you don't know what they know. You don't know what kind of home life that they're experiencing, and you have an opportunity to invest in that child's life. It may be, a, may be like the starfish that is, that is drying out and, and if somebody doesn't do something, it's going to die and you have the opportunity to, to gently reach down and pick up that starfish and put it back in the water. That's, that's, that's what I want you to see. That's what God wants us to see, that when we serve, it's, it's not just opening the door for someone out, out front and just saying hello. You're a, one of the things that we want to accomplish here is we want everyone that walks through those doors to feel loved, valued, and honored. And one of the ways that you can do that is just by simply smiling and giving a firm handshake and saying, good morning, it's good to see you. And what you're doing, you you may have someone who is walking in today who may be a little apprehensive about being at church today in the first place. They may have already made up their mind that this is not the place for me, but I'm going to go just this one time. And when you just greet them properly and and with love and sincerity, the the, the barriers that they have up can, can begin to come down. And then when they walk in this room and sit in these chairs and and they hear the praise team sing about Jesus and then they hear the Word of God taught, whether it's me, Pastor Brad, or whoever else, then they're open and receptive to the message of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they have felt loved, valued, and honored. Whatever role that you're doing, I mean, these, these sound and media guys back there in the back, they, they, they may think that they're just you know, hitting buttons or, or moving sliders, but, but what they're doing is they're helping to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it matters. And I know sometimes I, do, I don't do a good job of, of, of reminding everyone and encouraging everyone that, that what they're doing matters, and, and I, I make a vow to do more of that. But, but whether I ever told you or not, when you, when you read the Word of God, you see that what you're doing is making a difference. So I want to challenge you this morning that first of all, if, you, if you're not serving and you're a child of God, you should be serving. That's just There's no other way to say that. You have been saved to serve. God has saved you to serve other people. And by serving other people is how you serve God. And the local church gives you a great place to actually serve others and then the second thing is for those of us who are already serving i know that some of us may be experiencing burnout we may some of you may have been on the you may have had your mind made up this morning that after this month i'm no longer gonna to serve at 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 the refuge i need to take a break well i'm glad that you're here today because god is saying no you're not (laughs) no you're not because you've been saved to serve you're helping make a difference You're communicating the message of Jesus Christ. You're affecting people's lives. And I want to challenge all of us who are already serving. Let's let's begin to reevaluate why it is that we serve. And let's begin to serve with love. Let's begin to serve with enthusiasm. If you can't get excited about what you're doing, spend some time with the Lord. Because to be enthused means to be full of God. You understand purpose. And then lastly, let's begin to serve with excellence. Because God deserves our best. Amen? I want to pray over you this morning and then as we get ready to, to wrap up the service, uh, I want to give an opportunity for anyone that, would, uh, that needs prayer to pray over you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much, Lord, for the Word of God. Lord, Your Word is life-changing. I am a, a living testimony of the power of the Word of, of God that can transform a life. And I thank You, Lord, that Your Word is truth. It's absolute truth. Regardless of whether we agree with it or not, it is truth and it's what all of us are going to give an account for. It's what all of us are going to be judged by one day. And God, I thank you that we've had the opportunity this morning to dive into practical teaching of, of, of how we're supposed to be living our lives out as Christ followers. God, we've talked in this series about how we're to love others, how we're to accept others, how we're to be kind to others. Last week, we learned how we're to greet other people and what that looks like and what that means. And today, God, we've learned how we should be serving others. And God, I know that it's it's a challenging message because we live in a, a self-centered world where we make life all about us. But Lord, the gospel is, is completely opposite to any selfish motive. God, the, the gospel is is selfless lord it's it's giving more of ourselves to the cause of christ and i pray that today god that you would prick all of our hearts god that your holy spirit would just touch us in love and help us to to be drawn to more of you and to begin to serve you lord with enthusiasm and excitement and and passion and excellence and with love Father, do a work in our hearts today, God. However that we came in today, God, let us not leave the same way, God, but let us be transformed by the Word of God. And should there be one in this place this morning that may be thinking, God, could never use me because I'm broken. I've, I've done so much in my past. I'm just a broken vessel. God, remind them, God, that, that, you're, that you're a God of unconditional love and grace and mercy. God, You're, you're not looking for perfect vessels. You're just looking for willing vessels this morning God and if their attitude and their response is God use me you're going to use them doesn't matter what they've gone through in their past God you want to reach you want to help other people reach reach more people for you and I just pray that you would do a work in all of our lives today in Jesus name and everybody said amen